you were held at gunpoint and told that you had to impress the person with your dance moves, what kind of dance moves would you bust out? Lawnmower. Lawnmower? No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can do a mean lawnmower. Can you really? Absolutely, yeah. With or without beer? Uh, both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes skill, but yeah, if you hold the beer in the left hand, you can bend down and pull. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been done. <laughs> well, for, I'd like to think, uh, well, I'd be dead immediately because I can't dance. <laughs> yeah. I think really all I have is like the dice move from yeah. <laughs> what's I can't remember the Seth Rogen movie where yeah. he's doing it on the dance floor yeah. and they're like oh yeah. he's, he's doing the dice move too much <laughs> yeah that and the other one that I like to do is the uh, the sprinkler yeah that's another <laughs> classic yeah maybe we'll get some video yeah. of that yeah absolutely <laughs> so and with that hello and welcome to episode 18 of stories from a bar I'm your host Chris Osborne and for this episode I actually traveled north a little bit to hang out with Kurt and I already forgot how to pronounce That's your okay. last name. That's okay. Borschart. Borschart. German. German. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, <laughs> one of the owners here at Artis- Artisanal Brew Works yep. in Saratoga Springs. How are you doing, Kurt? Yeah, I'm living the dream, my man. Living hey, the dream. I say that all the time. Yeah. I'm living the dream myself. <laughs> it's, uh, well, first off, thanks a lot for taking the time to do this. Yeah, well, thanks for coming up. I really <laughs> appreciate it. I've been looking at your stuff on Instagram and, yeah, I, I thought, hey, come on up and visit. So hey. here, here you are. And here I am. <laughs> Uh, before we get into anything, we got a bunch of samples lined up, but uh, right now I'm drinking a Centrist IPA. Yep. Why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, this beer just to get started? Yeah, so the Centrist beer, um, to be honest with you, was uh, not, it didn't have the intended outcome. We were after uh, a little bit more of a juicy flavor on it, and it really had, it has the haze, it has the mouthfeel, but it has the West Coast flavors. Mm-hmm. So it is delightful. Yeah. You know, and, and I didn't want to throw out a beer because it didn't meet what I wanted. It tasted like a West Coast style, but had the East Coast look. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let's just call it. Well, I was going to call it the Middle Coast. <laughs> and then my marketing guy is like, no, she call it centrist. And I'm like, all right, that works. works. And uh, and that's that. So that was really the first beer that we've made in a while, or IPA, I should say, that we've made in a while that appealed to the folks that like it more bitter, which is not my style, but there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I just hadn't made them because, you mm-hmm. know, the juicy IPAs fly. And so I said, we'll just keep, we'll put it in a bright tank and we'll just serve it. it it's going to be fine because it's got a ton of, um, it's got a, the alpha acids are real high in it. So it's super bitter and it's going to age great. Um, and it's just it's done great for us uh, it fills a niche that we didn't we really didn't cover before which is more of a west coast style mm-hmm. um, so we're gonna make another one um, that one's getting close to running out and we'll this time we'll make it that way on purpose not <laughs> not as an accident <laughs> yeah. it's a happy accident yeah, I'm yeah. enjoying it yeah happy little accidents is Bob Ross remember the, the painter with the <laughs> yeah, crazy hair of course. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. It's actually been a little while since I've recorded an episode, partially out of uh, laziness, partially mm-hmm. vacation, and of course, some things always fall, yeah. fall through. Oh, it is summer, too. Yeah, you, know? exactly. you got to relax at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've been wanting to check out the brewery for a while. This place is pretty cool. We're off, sitting off in a side room right now overlooking the brewing equipment. Uh, I actually don't get up to the Saratoga area that mm-hmm. much, despite really only being a half hour just yeah. south. Yeah. <laughs> Not even for the track. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys get uh, a lot of traffic once track season rolls around. We sort of. Um, people rolling I, through. I don't think we get as much traffic from the track as people would think. 
a lot of people that come for the track are just going downtown. They're parking oh, and yeah. they're walking. And we're, you know, we're not walking distance. You know, you got to drive over to our place. You are uh, almost yeah. across the street from SPAC, yeah, though, yeah. the concert venue. And some SPAC concerts will draw tons of people. Like Hootie was here last weekend, and uh, that did well for us. Tonight, I'm not sure because it's a more of a hard rock. I heard on the way up, I believe it's Corn and Alice in Chains. Yeah, and, and I have no idea what to expect <laughs> from that crowd. But if you get like kids bop, you know, like it's not gonna draw a crowd. No. And probably. and some of those, you know, teeny bopper type music, which I don't even know what what they would be, but I'm sure the parents would rather be here. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what happens on those days is it's actually quiet here because the traffic's crazy and everyone's avoiding my area like the plague because oh. they know it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be jammed up. So. At the end of the day, probably SPAC ends up being a wash for me because mm-hmm. um, there's the days where it detracts my business and there's the days where it definitely enhances it. Um, but, you Interesting. know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have to admit, I prepared for this by drinking three artisanal beers last night. Beautiful. Uh, white in the glasses wit, yep. which was very enjoyable. Yep. That yep. was a good one. And now that I'm here, I also get another stamp on my Capital Craft beverage oh, passport. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, I'm up to seven. Yeah, out of forty-four. You, and we have the shot glasses here. If you, <laughs> if you were to finish them all, you come back up, and then we'll give you your shot. I got a. Do you know what? The, what's the time limit on trying to fill it out? Is it just the end of the year? I'm I, not sure. I have no idea. Because I got a lot of ground to make up, yeah. and it's August. Uh, yeah, that's right. There's <laughs> plenty of time. I got a lot yeah. of drinking to yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> well. All right, so I'm drinking the Centrist IPA. We got a bunch of stuff lined up, but before we get to this, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Are you from the area and everything? Yeah, uh, so I grew up in uh, Rochester, New York, and um, right. I was, as a student, a little misguided. Um, you know, I, I played ice hockey, and I enjoyed my time with my friends, and yeah, we would drink beverages. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I went to community college, and I really learned how to study, and I did exceptionally well. And you know, because I, I found out that I actually was smart. My mom said that I was smart because these tests that you take for your abilities would say I was off the charts. But oh, really? But I was not performing off the charts at all. <laughs> you were just bored. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I ended up doing quite well in college. Enjoyed it, and I, I, uh, I've always been somebody that really likes challenge. So. Um, I ended up um, starting out going for botany and ended up in uh, chemical engineering. Oh, wow. And that's what I did for about 13 years. And then, uh, so I, I first worked at International Paper up in Corinth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they closed. And then I went to a place down in Waterford called GE Silicones at the time. Okay. Now it's called Amenov. Okay. And so there I was in charge of packing machinery that would put silicone into tubes and caulkers. And also some uh, bulk packaging. So I've got a you know, kind of a diverse uh, set of skills. Um, you know, Sounds I've, like it. So I've worked in uh, you know this, this paper mill. Uh, I was in charge of 40 people on a line that was about the length of two football fields. Ran 24/7. Of course, we'd have breaks and stuff, but yeah, um, you know, mechanical breaks and plant outages. But you know, I, I really had uh, a lot of mechanical project managing. Um, chemical engineering experiences, and also just running processes. And because I was such a screwball in high school, I'd always kind of thought, you know, I'd like to at some point go to school 
or, or become a teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, towards the end of my career as an engineer, I got married, and I had an opportunity to change careers and go back to school. And I just had to go get my master's degree. And the worry was not having health insurance, but I could go under my wife's health insurance. So yeah, that allowed me to change careers. So I became a school teacher at Saratoga Springs High School for about 13 years. Oh, again. wow. What were you teaching? And I was teaching, um, it's called Project Lead the Way. Mm-hmm. It's uh, pre-engineering for high school kids. Okay. And, you know, my, my hope was, could I take a kid that was like me when I was in high school where I didn't really see where... What, why I was taking these courses and where things fit. And I could put the dots together for them so at least they could understand why you'd want to do well in school. Yeah. And I did that for about 13 years. About three years into uh, teaching, you know, I missed playing with equipment, pumps and tanks and, you know, all the chemistry stuff. My wife got me a homebrew kit and uh, said, hey, why don't you try this? And the rest <laughs> is history. And she just sent you on your path. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I work with, um, I'm a technical editor yep. and writer, but I work with a lot of engineers. Yep. They can be an odd group. Oh, we yeah, <laughs> we we have our quirks. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been brewing beer then? Uh, so it's been, it was oof, probably 13 years, 14 years. Has it been that long? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, you know, as far as, like, professional brewer, yeah. you know, since I opened the brewery. But for me, doing the scale up from, and I have a pretty rigged up um, homebrew uh, system. It's 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 tricked <laughs> out. You know, being an engineer, I'm not going to just have Go some all out. Balls jalopy. to the wall. Yeah, it's got all the controls, bells and whistles. And, you know, and my thought was, it, it was a progression. It wasn't like I started out doing home brewing and then oh, i'm gonna open up a brewery mm-hmm. um i was a competitive rower um since i got out of college really and uh that consumed the bulk of my time in the winters i would brew more and um what happened is i ended up with uh i guess it's a genetic disorder it's called lupus oh really it's an inflammatory disease yeah. and it flared up and what it caused my tendons uh, back of my knees, my hands, and my feet would tighten up. So I would do like 400-pound deadlifts, and my muscles wouldn't get tired. My hands would just cramp up, and I couldn't Ugh. move my hands. So it kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine. And uh, it was a good couple years going to doctors and physical therapy to figure out, A, what was wrong, and then, B, how to cure it. And then, you know, it, when you're when you're been a competitive athlete for 25 years and all of a sudden you're not you can't um you know you you have a lot of time to think as you're sitting there with your hands in ice baths and you know dealing with all this medical baloney um and you know i've been really reflecting on i really liked uh brewing and i thought well hey here's here's an opportunity to now i have time to do something with you know i I have all this time in the morning because i wake up rowers wake up real early to train yep um, and my family did not. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do? So um, I, you know, I always had this passion for brewing. And so I started going in a little more hardcore, which led into buying a really hardcore uh, homebrew setup. And then putting my own, I did a lot with process control. So I mm-hmm. put my own twist on things to make it even better than what I bought. Nice. Um, and then I made this beer. Uh, it's a Belgian quad which right now we don't have on draft, but we'll be making that soon. It's called A Whole Lot of Trouble. 
Um, I made that at home, and I just really, really liked it a lot. And I really liked the dark beers, so I was making... Uh, did that one win an award? It did. It won yeah. um, Best in New York State at Tap New York in 2018. Nice. And we didn't enter it in 2019 because I didn't have it on tap. <laughs> I, was, I was just out. <laughs> um, yeah, we had gotten into the crazy beers, the IPAs and sours and uh smoothie beers so um yeah well, our tanks were just tied up on beers that move fast yeah and uh that beer what i call a whole lot of trouble yeah i just i saw an opportunity for a beer that's really not made a lot um you know it's 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 and it's not a, a fast moving segment but it's such a delicious beer i thought i know i'd really like to do that but you know you can't have just one beer in your portfolio so I developed a brown ale, which we do have on. That's called the BB Brown. And then um, I partnered up with uh, another teacher when I was at the high school, uh, Colin Quinn. The, uh, so, not the comedian? Yeah, not the, not the <laughs> comedian, no. But he is a funny guy. Um, and the other owner of yes, Artisanal. Yes, other right? owner yep. of Artisanal. And he had a strong Belgian passion as well. So, yeah, we started out making Belgian beers. Um, okay. Predominantly, we had... Uh, we had a pale ale and, you know, the, the brown ale, and, and that was how we started. Interesting. Yeah. I'm curious how, obviously, when you chose to go, like, the chemistry route back in school and yep. things like that, yep. not knowing that one day you'd be brewing beer for a living, how helpful did that turn out to actually be? Uh, immensely helpful, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I right now am reading a lot of technical papers on um kind of i'm in the weeds on hop chemistry and and terpenes and and how there's biotransformation and the mm -hmm. conditions that uh, help biotransformations so and what and in layman's terms it would be how do you dry hop to get juicy flavors okay versus bitter flavors and i you know getting to the point where i can I can do things to take a hop that wouldn't be known to be juicy, and I can make it juicy. So interesting. I am in. I, I read some crazy stuff. <laughs> um, that really, my my wife looks at it and she's like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "This is awesome." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it it and being just an engineer overall, it's it's not um you're it's not about being smart. Like I hate when people say, "Oh, you're an engineer, you're smart." No, it's mm -hmm. not that. I think things, I think about things in a, you know, and, and this is probably more any engineer, you think about things in a logical way and you try and minimize bias and influences, you know, and it's like, okay, I want to make the best IPA possible. And now how do I do that? And, you know, collect data, look at data, talk to people. I include my staff in every decision I make for the most part. But, you know, just because I have this degree means jack. It, what's really important is the liquid. Do you make a liquid? Yeah. Um, that really, at the end of the day, is the most important thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no one cares about your pedigree when, <laughs> if you make shitty beer. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, then let's let, let's talk about artisanal here. And why don't sure. we start off with one of these samples we got in yeah. front of us? Yeah, so you were um, kind we'll, enough start, we'll start out first with uh, Daily Double. So, the Daily Double. Um, and, and I'll give you a little background on it. So. Yeah, we started out as a Belgian-focused brewery with some other beers, um, and we are a New York State farm brewery. So we, what that means is we are buying um, bulk of our ingredients, and actually we were sh close to probably 90, 95% all New York State ingredients. Um, yeah, awesome. 
And I thought, you know, it's, it is expensive, though. The grain prices are not quite double, but about double what you could get just commercial grain that's grown um, that I could get from that most breweries use. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to pass that cost along to the consumer um, if you're going commercial. So we started out initially just doing the tap room. And um, we we started making an IPA, which turned out being called Derailer. And that had a little bit of uh, hops in there, which were uh, West Coast, because you could. You had to be, at that point, I think it was 20% or 40% had to be New York State. Okay. So we would just have to manage you know, it, what that means in terms of grains and hops. The water was always from New York State, and that's my dumb joke of the day. So, um, but the, um, so I made this derailleur, which is kind of an old-school IPA. It's a West Coast with some East Coast um, influences. You know, it's got some juicy, but it does have some, uh, some hop bite to it. Um, I love these glasses, by the way. Yeah, these are the Tiku glasses I'm <laughs> drinking from. So um, one of our downfalls was, uh, as starting out as a brewery, was you know a lot of people in that first year, they're making an impression of you. Mm-hmm. And the impression they have is like, well, they make these okay beers, but they weren't the fire beers that people really wanted, which I kind of, I, 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 you know, knowing what I knew at the time, I thought, hey, I'm going to make all New York State products. And people are going to like that and yeah. value it. But th- in the end of the day, People could give a shit. They want tasty product. And so we switched our license to a dual license, which means some of my my batches have to be um, New York State, and then my others can be, I can use whatever ingredients they want. I didn't know so, that. So there's a different type of license yes, to do that? Yeah, so that'd be like the microbrewery license. Okay. So I have both. And Interesting. You can, so you can get a dual license. So we did that about a year and a, about a year and change ago. Um, actually, yeah, a year and a half. And, and essentially, it was, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna throw the gloves off here, and I can make these crazy beers that, you know, these juicy IPAs. I was doing what I could with what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, it put us a little bit in a hole as far as people's impressions of artisanal brew works. And so, you know, I've, I've kind of made it a point to not go and say, hey, you know, I don't make that anymore. I'm just showing people, like, you know. Make a make a beer that's called Toast Magos Acai Bowl. Let them figure out like what. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, you know. So we really diversified our portfolio, and the daily double, which we're now about to have here, and this is where my story was going. This is uh, obviously a double IPA. It's uh, we initially started out making it hazy, juicy, um, and we were, we had, had started out using some New York State hops, which we've transitioned out of. But where that ties into the story is we had found that a little bit of apricot puree mm-hmm. enhanced the flavors and kind of helped the beer. Interesting. It made it better. And we did many blind taste tests with my staff um, doing sensory analysis. And... Uh, what what we found is that the uh, the apricot prey didn't make it shelf stable. It would pull the haze out of suspension, and people don't like really? to drink a snow globe. Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of a pain. So we we purposely made it non hazy but juicy. And this, as you see, because you're looking at it and saying, well, yeah. this looks hazy, and that's because it, does. it is. Um, we make uh, right now we make the the taproom series IPA. And the Pitcher Day IPA, and those are um, those are rotating IPA series that we do once a month, 
and we learned some best practices from them. Um, and I, I mean, I could go through a, a litany of things, water chemistry, yeast selection, uh, how we whirlpool, what we whirlpool, when we whirlpool, uh, dry hopping techniques, uh, dumping tube techniques, how you dry hop. There's, there's uh, probably a hundred things we've done. And so we were implementing that. If it was something we could implement uh, across brewery, we would. Yeah. And so the daily double got to the point where now we're getting, we, we tweaked it a little bit with some of the, the recipe, more on the hops than anything, uh, and some on the grain bill um, and the water chemistry. But we just started doing one change every time we made it, and it got to where we felt that the apricot was a detractor. Mm-hmm. And so um, we pulled it, and it wasn't actually on purpose. It was an accident. Um, <laughs> we forgot to put it in. Another happy accident. It was a happy accident, and that was in July. And we had, we had been thinking and talking internally, hey, we really need to get this apricot out. But being that it's um, you know, mass distributed, we were concerned, obviously. You know, we don't want to make this huge change. But um, by the time I had realized that we didn't put the apricot in, the beer was cold crashed. It was ready for carving and i'm like we're it's too late you can't you can't heat the beer back up to ferment out the apricot so i'm like you know what let's just go with it and it had a lot more haze and the flavors now were were we we had proven that the apricot was actually detractor interesting so now um this batch in particular i we we always make some little tweak we always want to get better Mm um so this um i went more towards the grain bill that I use on my taproom series, okay. which has um, more proteins that are coming from the, the grain bill using some, uh, some more oats. Um, so there's some flaked oats in there and there's the malted oats. And so I bumped up some of those on this batch. Um, other than that, that was the only thing I did on this. But as you taste it, you know, there's zero astringency on it. You get juice, you know, you wait a little bit, and now you're getting a little bit of a, a hot bite, kind of like a... You are, yeah. Like what you get from like maybe orange juice, where it's yeah. just like a little bit of a bite. And that's what we want. I like that. That's good. Yeah. So it has, you know, it's not just 100% juice, which that's what we're going to taste next is my taproom <laughs> series, where it's like, holy shit, juice whacking <laughs> you over the head. Um, but this is... Uh, the reason why I, you know, wanted you to try this Daily Double, and, and if anyone's listening that's had the Daily Double in the past, is... And, and for any craft brewery, for that matter, if they have a uh, a standard offering, you know, over time, I hope that every craft brewery gets better and better and makes their beer better and better. And and that certainly is the case. You would at least double. hope that's their goal. Yeah, yeah. So I would never ever say, "Oh, I've had it before," and that means that's how it is today. Because it's yeah. kind of one of the things I like about trying new beers all the time. I mean, technically, you can never really get the same one twice. Yeah. Based on the patch. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's always a little fun yep. event, something to think about. Yep. Why don't you tell me about the actual name, Artisanal Brew Works, and where that came from? Because I don't really so, know anything about it. Uh, yeah, we uh, we started out, we had different names. Colin, I, I, we, I, I probably had four or five names that Colin and I agreed on. One was Geyser Road Brewing or Geyser Brewing. I think it was Geyser Brewing, G-E-Y-S-E-R, because mm-hmm. we're on Geyser Road. It was funny. I... um. As I was on my way here, I used uh, my iPhone, of course, to give me directions. Yep. And my girlfriend set the accent, accent to a British accent. <laughs> and 
Honestly, I have no idea how to change it back. <laughs> but it said, turn left onto Geezer Road. Geezer. I'm like, well, I know that's not right, but I know what it's talking about. Yeah. So I'd say, Colin, you know, I'll check to make sure that no one else is using this name. No one is using the name. I would go and I'd get the websites, you know, and you get the .com and you get uh, .net and a couple others to kind of protect yourself. And, I, you know, so I spend like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it was on GoDaddy. And then uh, the next day, Colin would be like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to change that name. I don't like that name. And I'm like, well, son of a bitch, I just spent 100 bucks. So then we go to another name. Yeah. So we went through, it went through like three times where we had this name and then he chickened out the next day. And in each time, I'm like, are you sure? You're not going to change your mind. Yeah, yeah. But then he did. So I... I made a sheet in Excel. Would he have changed it so easily if he was the one paying for the web domain? Yeah, I don't think so, yeah. (laughs) So I just made 40 different names, like a whole bunch of them, and then I kind of organized them by some themes. And he had always talked about wanting to make artisanal beers, so I put that in there. And I I just had different combinations of artisanal. And I looked at what was taken already um, to make sure I'm not going to, you know, step on anyone else's toes. And uh, he chose Artisanal Brew Works out of this. And, nice. I, and then I was like, okay, I'm not getting this domain until tomorrow. And you call <laughs> so me and tell me on it. you're still good with it. So <laughs> then he was to go with it, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. So what were the early days like in trying to get this place up and running? Uh, it was just busy. Um, yeah, we had converted over what was a bike factory um, I didn't hear the this. Area. So this did used to be a... Yes. Bike place, right? Yeah. yeah. So where we are sitting At and bicycle, overlook, yeah, not yeah. motorcycle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. bicycle. Uh, Serata Bike Factory. So they made um, you know, very expensive bikes. They were used. Um, they're they're sought after. They're they're really excellent bikes. Um, you know, they were like the Tour de France style bike. You know, the the market crash in t- 2009. I think ultimately really pushed them uh, where people wouldn't want to spend 15 grand for a bike. That's a pricey and, bike. Yeah, yeah. These were not your everyday bike. No, I had a hard time uh, yeah. parting with. I think mine was like somewhere between five and six hundred for yeah. a solid, yeah. good reputation yeah, that, bike. Yeah, that might be what you pay for some of the gear on the bike. Yeah, but, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they had closed and the property was vacant for a while. And uh, there's the building owner had a, a distillery at the time, and and I popped in and I said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this brewery, and uh, and so I, you know. I, put my engineering skills to to practice and i basically spent the month of august you know i i schools wasn't in session so i had i had a month to just uh do a business analysis looking at where i could put equipment how much equipment i could fit in here Mm -hmm. how i could fit in a tap room and you know i talked to the city officials and made sure i could do uh what i wanted to do which is have a tap room and have music and have food yep um and some of that's changed after the after the city allowed me to do stuff for two years (laughs) <laughs> That's a whole other story that I'm not going to bring up. I didn't bring it up. I think it brought it up. But anyways, not, I'm not bitter. Um, not at all. But yeah, so um, you know, we laid out the uh, equipment, uh, you know, on AutoCAD, and and everything looked like it was going to be a go. Look, you know, like on paper, it looked like we could make this fly. And that's when I I got Colin involved. I said, hey, you've always wanted, you you always talked about starting a brewery. I have an opportunity here, and. And if you want to do it, we'll do it. And so we, um, I had a lot of project engineering experience, you know, mm-hmm. putting in multi-million dollar piece of equipment. So this was, 
baby equipment to me. I mean, this is dinky stuff relative to what I did. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, just because of my experience, I, I knew how to get shit done quick. Nice. Um, so we went from, I think we really started doing the actual construction around December of 2015, and by july 2016 we were open and that's that was that's quick cranking yeah nice. yeah it was you know the and that, it just it's it's nothing more than just knowing how to do how to where to go to buy stuff what i needed to buy how to you know i i, I you know it's just because i did it as a as a living it just it was really it was you know it's not easy but it was like I, i'm not learning how to procure equipment I knew how to do that. Yeah. I knew how to do it fast, and I knew I knew what to look for. So that and, you know, and and I didn't have to say like, oh, what's the best type of piping? I know that's gonna fail. That's not good. This is what I need to use. So I could go through stuff fast. Awesome. Um, so that that was pretty helpful with uh, you know having that engineering background and doing the design. And, and Colin and I built a lot of it ourselves. Um, we're standing. We're sitting on what's the cold room. Um, you know, this, this was not here. It was just, it's a very tall building. So we took advantage of the height. It is. I was surprised yeah. when I pulled in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know, you know, what the original building plans were, but if I were to guess that, um, probably the vision was that they could have a second story, um, you know, as, as an expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, cause then, you know, you're not changing your square footage. You know, they, uh, you know, Serata, unfortunately is not here, but we are in, uh, yeah, well, you guys have definitely gotten, here. <laughs> yeah, and you've definitely gotten some high praise and have built a stellar reputation in a yeah. real short amount yeah. of time. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I want to talk about the logo and branding because you guys are doing a great job with that too. But uh, why don't we talk about this second beer sure. that's here to taste? Okay, so the second beer. This is, um, you know, it's called our Tap Room Series IPA. It's a rotating series. This is back when I was really changing the focus of the brewery from making these. New York State, I uh, New York State beers, which were fine, but don't excite people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we're looking at what everyone else is doing, and you know, the trend is obviously you've got to have some fire IPAs. You know, so we, um, you know, we so we do the uh, double IPAs seem to be the ones that tra- uh, draw in more people than a single IPA or a triple IPA, but they all have their their strengths and their merits. Yep. Um, so. The Taproom series is supposed to be a hazy, juicy IPA, but not always. Sometimes it's not as hazy as others because we're trying stuff. We're trying to push the limits of, you know, what can we do to make this, you know, we're, we're getting haze as a result of process, you know, what we're using for grains and what we're using for hops and how we're doing it. So there's times where it may not be as hazy, but we have noted that and we <laughs> learned from that. But it, it could be that we got more flavors out of it. Um, you know, so having someone just look at the color and say, "Oh, it's not hazy," they're 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 missing the point. So um, this beer in particular is supposed to be juicy, and I saw um, just a a funny comment on Untapped where someone said, "Oh, it's it's good beer, but they put too much juice in there," <laughs> and I'm thinking, "You dolt! <laughs> it's a fucking hazy, juicy IPA. There's no it's in juice. the description. It's." it's all on the hops man like i worked my ass off to get it to taste like that like you have no idea how hard it worked to get the hops to do that so this um first we'll start with the aroma you know you do a little swirl with it and this is a tiku glass so these are designed to enhance the aromas oh yeah 
And now you can compare, like the Daily Double has got a great aroma on it, but it's like a lighter, more like, this. the Daily Double yeah. smells more like orange juice to me. It does feel lighter. Yeah. And then you go over to the tap room, and then it just, it prepares you for it. You are going to get whacked over the head with flavor. <laughs> and so now let's taste. Oh, yeah. It's just juice, juice, juice. It is. I it's like just it. crazy. And this is, um, you know, we'll, well, usually what we're doing is uh, switching up. The biggest thing we always change is the hops. Um, and try different hop combinations and see if we can come up with something that will, will uh, you know, enhance some flavors. And this, to me, yeah, I was going for uh, more of a melon flavor. Okay. I was seeing could I could I get melon out of there, and at first you get kind of a I I, I still can't put my wrap my head around what that flavor is maybe like papaya up front. So, yeah, I could I could see that. And then and then it gets into like that it's like the almost the overripe melon flavor as you let it sit and you wait you get this like it's like you know you have like a cantaloupe melon is yeah. almost on the edge of being too ripe. Yep, and then you—that's that flavor you get towards the end. So, um, it's delicious. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> and it's you know got this massive. It just whacks you over the head with flavors up front. Um, you know, really creamy. Uh, you know, nice mouthfeel. It's top-notch work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that you know that it's a uh, seven seven point seven five. So we we you know we try not to make it super super so high. Pace yourself. In yeah. In other words, yeah. Um, but some people, you know, do a double IPA at eight, nine percent. There's some strong ones out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm not knocking that. No, no there's nothing wrong with that. I, uh, <laughs> I just, but as a guy who takes I, off the fermenter every day, as I like to say, it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy tastes. I, I taste off the fermenters every morning. Yeah, I don't want to get schnockered. It's a nice way to start your yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Little taste though, and I do it before I brush my teeth and. Yeah, but that's that's my typical day. Is I I drink beer. About You're not five using in the this to brush your teeth, though. No. Okay. No. Um, no, I I have uh, my own toothpaste here and yeah, toothbrush. But yeah, I yeah. Uh, I even had a listener comment on Facebook from a Kyle Wolf, who I believe is also on Instagram. Does no hype beer reviews? Telling, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah telling he came me, in here a yep, few weeks ago. Yeah. He mentioned that, telling me to of course bring up the logo and everything. Let's talk yeah, about sure. the logo because the logo is sure. really cool. It's, yeah. it's really just a face with glasses and uh, a beard kind of out to make look like a hop. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it started out as um, most brewers obviously have uh, a lot of facial hair. And I'm the exception to that, but it's okay. Uh, so, um, so the idea was to have a beard as part of it. And I wore a bow tie as a, as a teacher. Um, because I, I taught, like it. I taught biotechnology is one of the things kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like that Bill Nye science guy look. So we tried doing a logo with a beard and a bow tie, and it, it, it long story short, it looked stupid because the bow tie was going to be way down at the bottom. The beard would be covering and, it. Yeah, it just it just looked dumb. Is the so, beard actually modeled after any person? No. Okay. So initially it was just a regular beard, you know, it was Photoshop, just, you know, a hairy beard. Mm -hmm. And um, in, so we had dropped the bow tie and didn't have the glasses initially. And so what I was showing people, I'd be like, hey, look at this. What does this look like? Just flash it in front of them. 
and they'd be looking at it like it's an inkblot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh. yeah. Because I was telling Colin, my business partner, I'm like, people are not going to get what the hell this is. we got to give it contact. So we put glasses on it. And I have the glasses. That, actually, these are glasses that similar to what we model it after. Kind of the hipster look. Now, these aren't totally hipster, what I'm wearing. But um, to be fair, does Colin have a beard? He does. There we go. He so does. a combination yes. of the owners. There yep. we go. Yeah. And then uh, one of my coworkers at the time, uh, Steve Bessler, he, uh, he still works at the high school. He said, hey, man, you should you should take that beard and just do it as hops. And I'm like, that's a fucking great idea. <laughs> I'm like, that's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Nice. So I made a call over to my designer, and uh, he did it. And then now it's, you know, the rest is history. What's cool about the logo is whenever I'm walking down an aisle at the supermarket or around the beer store, I definitely know the artisanal beers. Yep. Because that logo stands out. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that tie into the artwork. So, you know, I've got a can here. This is the white and the glasses wit. So that and the daily hey, double. That looks familiar from yeah. last night. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man. So what we did on there is, you notice it's got a lot of white space. Yes. And the beard is predominant. And the, the idea was to give the consumer something that stands out. Because a lot of, I've got my other beers. I got oh, yeah, we've got cans others. lined up yeah. too, folks. So I've got the, the Toast Magoats. The Toast Magoats one is awesome. Yeah. And we'll talk about these labels. Uh, I've got, this is the latest, uh, I'm doing a release. It hasn't come out yet. I was going to say, I haven't seen this one. The first one to know about this. Awesome. We're partnered with the Final Furlong. It's uh, uh, it's nice to have privileges like yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're a racing stable, and we're partnering with them. and they're Of gonna, course, because Saratoga Racetrack. Yeah, so they're going over to buy some horses, and they're going to give the people that partner with them some of this beer. Um, so we've got the standard beers, which are the White in the Glasses and the Daily Dub, which are ones we distribute widely. Those are designed to have pop on the store shelf mm -hmm. and I've, I've been commenting like i got the sour here and they're like well your logo's not on there i'm like yeah that's the point this is only sold in the brewery it's taking someone's artwork so we yeah. we, we partnered with this lady this lady yeah. makes great yeah let's go ahead artwork. and talk about that because i was really yeah. gonna because you guys kind of have what i i love it because it's like a different theme really for each series of we beers do that you we have. do and you can tell you can tell a lot of thought definitely went oh, into. oh yeah the yeah <laughs> Yeah, so... So let's start with the Sours, then, because it's basically... It, it was from a local artist, right? Yeah, so if it's something that's not going to be mass distroed, it's only going to be sold here out of the taproom, so I can control the messaging. And the idea there is that that can really needs to look good on Instagram or Facebook posts or <laughs> Snapchat, whatever these people do. It's crazy how important that yeah. really is for yeah. a business yeah. now, to maintain yeah. that social media presence. Yeah, so for the Sour... Um, yeah, we had some different ideas going around. We had done a sour IPA series, which kind of had like this green background, and it looked all right. But uh, one of our one of the um, brewers here is friends with a lady who does really nice art, and we had her come in and we looked at her artwork, and we basically grabbed um, or we you know we paid her for it, but we've got one of her backgrounds, um, and then for different. Uh, different sours we change the hues mm -hmm. so for a blackberry lemon bar sour which we just released last week um, it has uh, more berry tones um, the one in front of us here is the tanger lime tangerine and lime i gotta and, try that well we're gonna try yeah. it yeah yeah it's here <laughs> <laughs> we're not letting this go to waste <laughs> um, so that has uh, you're my new favorite person yeah 
we changed the hues to more of a light green, you know, so kind of to try it, tie it in with uh, what you'd expect. I didn't even think case. about that while I was reading yeah. the names. Now looking yeah. back, yeah, they yeah. do. It was yeah. meant so to we blend did with the names. do okay. some thoughts as far as changing hues. How much fun do you guys have when it comes to trying to come up with the new label designs? Is it tough? It's, well, how tough is it? It's it's a process that we go through. Ah, well, here you. You, you can say hello. Oh, I can. Yes, come yeah. on in. Come on in. I'm allowed to talk. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Colin. Nice Hi. to meet you. I'm nice Chris. Hey. hey, nice to meet you too, Chris. Love the beard. Thanks. The beard yeah. or the beard? We, both. Both. Oh, yeah. okay. We talked about the logo and how, you know, the, the whole, went through the whole story. Yes. The, oh, no. The beard and the bow tie, the <laughs> beard, to oh. ink blot, to hops and yes. glasses, yeah. and, and there it is. To me, considering LASIK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Good to meet you. Yeah, yeah. you too. Thanks. Um, so the the design process is it's fun, but it's also nerve wracking because you have a lot of players that you know TTB mm-hmm. uh, being the primary one where you know you could have these great ideas, but they're gonna shoot you down. So you've gotta you've gotta have an idea, but not be totally hung up on it. That you know you're gonna have to be pliable and change your your ideas yeah um so you know the probably our our coup de gras if you want to call it that would be the uh toast my goats it's, let's talk uh, about the toast yeah. my goats because this looks just like the quaker oats label yeah. which is great <laughs> so we got invited and to, i assume this particular picture is that colin yeah wearing the hat and, and yeah the and, wig and everything. on that side is oh me. okay yeah. there it is nice yeah so it has both of us on the on the label so we got invited to Extreme Beer Fest, and uh, yeah, we as a as a brewery, which is what we do for a lot of our beers, we talk about ideas of what we want to make, and we had talked about something that would be based off the theme was like a breakfast type theme, mm-hmm. and we want to do something heavy, heavy oat based, which is where the whole idea of using uh, you know I, I eat oatmeal um, pretty much every day, and I'm you know making my oatmeal, and I'm looking at this Quaker Oats container i'm like god that would make a great beer label like be awesome so then um we had printed off that and we we took like the different things that are on the uh, quaker oats label and we thought what could we put in that would be like you know our own spin on it so at the bottom it said um like or at the top it said heart healthy Mm -hmm. and uh we put um uh, oat beer might make you healthier there we go i'll, I'll buy that <laughs> and ttb didn't like that <laughs> so we we ended up putting the the beer names up there okay um at the bottom of the oats container it says it's like 100 percent whole grain and we've so we put uh whole grain malts and 100 percent natural yeah so we had and that, there was some changes you know there's stuff that we wanted to put on which were much more funny but the <laughs> ttb didn't think so <laughs> They don't uh, like humor. <laughs> oh, man. <Yeah. laughs> uh, before we talk about the others, why don't we crack open that sour? Because I'm oh, really yeah. interested in trying that yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. And we got some uh, clean glassware. Yeah. Yeah, so the sour, um, you know, the artwork obviously is, the most of it is based off of that. As I'm turning it, you'll see it's almost all that painting. And it, lo- yeah, it looks and, like and an oil it, painting. We have a Abstract little Abstract oil yeah. painting. And, and the, you know, the... I've had someone say, well, geez, you know, no one can see your logo. And, you know, well, I control the messaging here at the brewery. And I wanted to feature the um, the artist. You know, I was like, you know, there's enough cans that have my logo on it. 
And um, actually, did we mention the artist's name? We probably should. Is it Gene Ellen yes. Sotansky? Right? I can't say that last name, but you... I believe it looks like Sotansky. Yeah, she's super nice. Local artist here yeah. in Saratoga. Yeah. And the can labels look awesome, so kudos to her. I haven't yeah. had a chance to and see any cheers, of her actual cheers. And we did have an art show in association with um, that first release. It's got a nice yeah. little aroma to it. Yeah, and it's uh, Key Lime, so Key Lime is super powerful. That's nice. Yeah. It's a nice change. Yeah, real easy drinker. Um, you know, and they're, the sours that we make are approachable. They're not super, super um, tart. Is it hard to walk that line between not sour enough and too sour? Yeah, um, with the the blackberry lemon bar, we had made that twice before, and it was a, you know our most popular sour by far. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, that one's really sold well. Um, so we just made that. We just released that um, last week, Monday or Tuesday. Okay. And I would, you know, someone told me, oh, you guys don't make your sours tart enough, and I was like. <laughs> Ah, uh, all right. <laughs> just, just like the I didn't tap tell, room was too juicy. I didn't tell anybody, but I'm like, all right, I I can make a more sour, and I did. Um, you know, so it's got a lot. It's got more tartness to it. Um, the thing I didn't expect is it, it quenched a little bit of the the lemon flavor that mm -hmm. came through when it was a little more tame. Okay. But um, I personally like it better myself, being a little more on the tart side. Um, and, you know, again, it, it comes down to craft breweries, man. Craft breweries are not about every batch shouldn't be exactly the same. You know, it's like, hey, can we do this but do it better? Can yeah. we try, you know, try something different? Cause it's a lot of, yeah, it's... How are you going to get better if you It's a lot of change? experimenting and yeah. trial and error. Yeah. Yep. And it leads to some great things, from my experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it sure does. I definitely want to talk about these uh, your picture days IPAs labels because yes. those yep. are kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah, they are because it looks like they include basically early high school yearbook photos that, that of employees. Does. Right? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was we had been doing the uh, at this point we had had the um, the sour series out. We had the taproom series out and and rolling. The other thought was, well, you know, you kind of look at your portfolio and you think about where were we weak, and I felt that we needed to have a single IPA for the people that want to have more than one or two yep. and still feel safe to drive. <laughs> so that was really the intent of that. And Incredibly then, important. Yes. And, yeah, we had shot around a bunch of ideas, and and the winning idea, which was great, is a picture day. Have a picture day, and then you know, on, the, on the can label, the, the can label would be, a background of some cheesy high school photo you know so uh we had lasers was our first one <laughs> and it was great um so the first one was just we just did the backdrops and then it evolved we're like hey well why don't we put someone on there because some people weren't really putting together this whole idea of picture the ipa and what that meant mm -hmm. so i'm like well, we're gonna make this simple for people i'm gonna put someone on the label and use their original high school picture, and <laughs> now it becomes clear. Because that's no one's most insecure yeah, time yeah, of their yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> Why not put it yeah, on a beer label? Yeah. And so then it becomes kind of fun to name them. Um, yeah, we had one which is named after uh, our, one of our sales guys, Jeff Berger. So that was Picture Day Burger. Um, I'm still trying to get someone to name a beer Slap and Tickle. <laughs> yeah. No one's taken me up on that yet. <laughs> Slaps you in the face with the taste, and then tickles your throat on the way down. That's slap how I describe it. Slap and right. tickle. The old slap and tickle. 
That's for you. Well, we'll get you on a picture day one of these days. When I'm we, down. When we're looking for a picture. You get get your high little, school picture. Little uh, little sadly redheaded Chris would be happy to be yeah. on a beer label. <laughs> we'll make it work, and then yeah. we'll just that would be the nickname, slap and tickle. And I there like you it. Go. It's With done. my picture. I'm all for <laughs> it. Yeah, absolutely. You got it, man. Awesome. <laughs> and that's how we do it. You know, we'll we'll uh, say, okay, you know, I I have to make the labels up well in advance of actually making the beer, and so I'll get you know two or three. Uh, of my employees' pictures, and then I'll have them. I'll give them options from my designer, like what background. I ask what background they would like, and then we see what artwork we can buy, and then they pick it. So really, that whole label um, has really been decided by that employee that's featured on that can. <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah, that's mine, a, it's a great way to keep everyone involved. And yeah, that's fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I've been around long enough uh, in industry. To know that you know if you if you're really going to be successful, you got to have employee involvement. Oh yeah, um, you know they people have to feel like they're part of the process and that they have ownership. If someone doesn't have ownership, they're just gonna they're just an employee. They come in, clock in, do their thing, and go. Pretty and, much. And that's not what I want. And that's yeah. an awesome attitude to yeah. have. Yeah. Before I forget the tap room series labels that I've seen, I love because they kind of look like Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that ties into my days as a teacher. Any of my former students um, kind of test that. What I would have was uh, on Tuesdays, I'd wear tropical shirts all year. And Tuesday? It, yeah. Tropical so Tuesday. It's tropical okay. Tuesday. And then on uh, Friday would be flannel Fridays. And uh, so I really love tropical shirts. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> awesome because they're just so I, uh, corny and ugly. And have you seen the show on Netflix, Stranger Things? I've heard of it. Yeah, I haven't. Of seen course, it yet. in uh, in season three, one of the main characters is wearing. It's eighties. It's in the eighties. Of course, one of the main characters in season three is wearing basically wearing a flamingo Hawaiian shirt the whole time during yep. the season because it all takes place in a short amount of time. And I made uh, I drank a bottle of wine one night and I was watching. I'm like, you know, what? I'm buying some Hawaiian shirts. Uh, I ended up buying two Hawaiian shirts <laughs> while I was drunk and off the line watching Stranger <laughs> Things. And then for my birthday, my girlfriend got me a third. I don't know if it was a joke or not, but she did notice that I didn't wear it immediately. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I did wear it, and I love it, and it's my favorite if you're listening. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> love that shirt. It's, it's fantastic. It it's exactly. Awesome. Kurt's seen it. He can vouch for it. You me. look smashing in Absolutely. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so why don't we move on to another beer as I finished my sour sure. taste here. Um, well, we've. Have you tried any of the toast and goats? I know I had one at one of the brew fests. I think I had it at the brew fest last. Well, of course, there's a few different toast and goats, right? Yes. Yeah, that's another rotating series. So. Yeah. And well, these are our crazy beers. They're. Yeah, we kind of have the sour series. We've got a single IP series, Pitcher Day. Yeah, but let's we've crack got, open the toast and goats. So the toast and goats. Um, yeah, we made this for Extreme Beer Fest. Uh, what made was, you think of the name Toast and Goats? Uh, yeah, it was uh, you know from the brewery staff. Um, yeah, it was just it was, you know, the oats part. We were like, we'll tie in with oats. Um, so then, uh, and that one I think came from John Ross, one of my brewers. Okay. And he was like, toast my goats, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So we have a winner. Yeah. So that's how it came about. Um, so the first and probably our my least favorite toast my goats was the one we did for uh, for Extreme Beer Fest. You know, because it was. A total. It was supposed to be, you know, you're pushing the, the extreme. You're, mm-hmm. you're trying. So the grist was pushing the limits of what I could do on my system with uh, the so many oats, 
And then uh, we used a puree we'd never heard of called Lulo. So it was uh, Lulo yeah, and mango, and I can't remember what else, but it was Lulo and mango in there. It really it was goddamn tart. <laughs> just and not not like in a sour kind of good way. It was just it was kind of like an astringent tart, um, and it aged out and it was okay. But um, yeah, we had uh, and we had considered just scrapping. And I'm like, you know, boys, we got I've got a great label, and you know the theme is there. That's just you know we want to do a smoothie beer, and I'm like, let's just define the toast goats as. It's our experimental series where we do crazy shit. You just do you whatever know, feels so, right. Yeah, so we did a creamsicle, we did a fudgesicle, we did a blah, 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 berry, and that multiple bees because it has blackberry, blueberry, boysenberry, and raspberry. It's a lot of berries. A smoothie, yeah. yeah. And it tastes like a smoothie. I mean, and everything tastes like it's supposed to. Interesting. Um, so this is an acai bowl that we're having. Acai is a super fruit. So this is beer. That's that, a that's got a nice look to it. A it's little beer that's gonna make you healthy. Looks raspberry colored. Yeah. So a lot of antioxidants along with the alcohol. It's nothing like a good healthy beer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this has um, this has uh, a lot of acai. It has raspberry, um, blueberry, and some banana puree, which was kind of hard to find, but I I did get, did get some. Ooh, I like that. That's good. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect, but that is still... That's and I had never had acai in my life, so I didn't even know. Um, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I've tried an acai bowl, um, but they, they, you know, there it's like um, more like a slushy where it's got a lot of, like, it's icy. I think that kind of reminds me of almost like a seltzer. Honestly. So I'm going to tell you something that, and then you're probably going to say, oh my God. So <laughs> I was I was on vacation uh, while the while the boys were um, putting in the the purees, and I asked them what it tastes like, and I'm like, well, it's interesting. And so, the minute I got back, I cruised over to the brewery and I tasted it, and I'm like, shit, I've had this flavor, and I know I've had this flavor when I was a kid. And then I got thinking, what was that flavor? And um, it tastes familiar. It, it, and I'm gonna tell you where you've had it. You know the uh, not the, yeah the you had the the um the blow pops and then you had the ones that had the chocolate in there i forget what they call that the um uh it would be the 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 suckers that had the the tootsie roll on the okay. inside oh yeah so that's right as you're about to get to that tootsie part of it son of a bitch that's the flavor it nails it wow like, <laughs> it's crazy yeah that's insane it, you know you don't see what i mean yeah it's that it, and i'm like holy cow that is so cool <laughs> so that's fantastic yeah, and these are beers that, yeah, I'm just trying stuff to, to learn. <laughs> yeah, it's what, what can I do? And yeah, you know, my brother who was hey, up visiting, if you don't brew it, you'll never know. Yeah, <laughs> my brother was up and he's like, "This doesn't taste like beer," and I'm like, "Well, that's kind of the point. It's not supposed to taste like beer." And when I have people come in, you know, customers, and they'll be like, "Oh, I don't like beer," and I'm like, "Here, try this." Like, what is it? And I'm like, "Oh, don't don't worry, you know, just try it." And they're like, "Wow, that's awesome." And, and I'm like, yeah, you know what that is? That's uh, that's that's a beer. <laughs> like, with craft beer now, it's people have this definition of what beer is, and it's you know typically based off of you know the the big breweries. I mean, or if there was really a lagers. definition for it a decade ago, it's kind of just been thrown out the window. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's there's no specific definition just for beer anymore, really. Yeah. yeah. And on it, I think that's fantastic. It's. Really- I, 
believe that is great. Yeah. And now it's about breaking down those barriers and getting people to realize, hey, you don't like beer, but you don't like the beer that is just yellow water. Yeah. You know, we make a lot of different flavors. You know, I've got 16 beers on draft, and every one is tastes totally different. It do- yeah. But the ones we've had have certainly been very yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, I think we mentioned this, but what's been the most popular beer you've put together so far? Uh, the Taproom Series. The Taproom Series, yeah. Man. Yeah, they, um, and that, that's grown, you know, in popularity where, you know, the cans are selling out probably about a week and a half, two weeks. Wow. Which for us is good. You know, and it, it keeps getting faster and faster every time. Yep. You know, it used to be about a month. You know, last year we, it was about, we've been doing the Taproom Series for about a little over a year. And they would last for about a month. And, and they were, they weren't, they were just as good. It's just people, I was trying to, beat that beat back that thought of oh you know these are the guys that make old old guy beer and it's like no i, I don't do that anymore like just uh trust me so as the words gotten around now we're getting to where you know people will come they'll ask me well in advance like hey when are you releasing the next tap room and i might tell them all the brewery land on my shoulder and said it might be thursday this week so um yeah, so that Taproom series is definitely uh, the fastest moving. Um, and the Sours, so the Sours are interesting. They're definitely picking up okay. in terms of uh, can sales out of the Taproom. Sours, though, commercially, I could sell them so fast. Really? Yeah. They, Seems like more of a niche. It me. is, and I, you know, there's, I think that there's um, not as many people doing it. You know, they're a little more difficult to make. You know, it's... And it ties up your whole brew house because we do kettle sours. We don't okay. do we don't do wild sours. We just don't have the space to have a I separate. Facility. I was at uh, Frog Alley in Schenectady yeah. a while ago, and they while they were kind of wrapping up their series of sours they were putting out, and they were yeah. all great. Yeah. They cranked out like five or six right, right in a row, which wow. is a lot of sours. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with kettle sours, you're tying up your your brew house for uh, at least a day we do you know depends on what i'm trying to do mm-hmm. what flavors i'm after i might tie it up longer oh um, interesting so i'm not trying to give away all my secrets no but, no no but that's part of it is you what keep, you do you gotta keep yeah. stuff to yourself yeah do you have um, a personal favorite when it comes to beers you've brewed uh whatever's the newest yeah <laughs> and that's the truth like i really i really i'm like anybody else like i like the variety and uh you know whatever's the latest um, well, you, you can't drink the same thing. Yeah, week after week, day after day, week yeah. after week. Yeah, you yeah. can get old quick. But um, you know, if you had to ask me my favorite beer overall, I would tell you the Daily Double. Okay. Um, and the reason is, is that um, when I drink that beer, I can taste the refinement. That you know, because we we've made that a ton of times, and we've we've refined it every time we make it. We're doing something to make it better. And I can taste that, and I can taste that it's it's just got there's nuances in a lot of areas that in a taproom series I'm whacking you over the head with flavors, and the aromas are great. I mean everything's great about it, but you know if I were to make that beer again, I would do something different because I want to make it better. With the daily double and the wit, those I can make again and make them better, make them mm-hmm. better, make them better. Um, and the you know the daily doubles really just come such a long ways that I. I find it really pleasure to drink. Um, I mean, I like all my beers, but that's... If you had to ask me what's my favorite... All right. Hands down, I'd tell you the Daily Double. That's cool. 
Why don't we crack open this last one to sample while I wrap sure. up with uh, the, some listener questions and one or two others that I have. Your final furlong racing stable? Yeah. Right? So this is the one that, um, it's our, it's a German, and, and it's a German-style Kolsch, um, and ha- I should say inspired. You know, I, a true Kolsch is made with, made in Germany, and, and I've been to Cologne, Germany, as they say, and I've had the Thank true you. Kolsch, and I had it with um, these little crackers where they put raw pork with uh, sliced up onion, and it's like pork that doesn't get you sick. Oh, all right. Come from Special Farms, as the guy told me. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've been right, right, looking right at the dome, which is this huge church right in downtown Cologne, Germany, and it's just brilliant church. It's humongous. All right. Um, so, you know, I really like the style. The first thing you're going to notice on this is that it's got some haze to it, which it shouldn't. So what's unique about a Kolsch is it's an ale yeast, but then you, you, you ferment it. You start out fermenting it like an ale, but then you finish it like a lager, and you let it sit for a long time and, and lager in, uh, at 48 um, degrees okay. uh, Fahrenheit, which is, that was all part of the plan. I, 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 I fermented <laughs> I had everything set. I, I did my transitioning down to 48. I transferred into a, um, a bright tank, and uh, these guys, the final furlong. Um, originally, they said they needed it packaged. They were going to buy. They're buying some cans for me, and they're yep. giving it to their their clients. Um, so they said it was going to be the week of the Travers. So I'm like, perfect. So you know, I I just went backwards from there to figure out when I needed to to uh, brew it and mm-hmm. give it the time to have have it settle out and, and get the clarity how long did that take uh well they they told me like uh about a week and a half ago hey we're gonna do it uh this sunday you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> no pressure uh, i'm like shit <laughs> so i gotta i gotta carve it and um you know i put some findings in which is the only beer i put findings in and it had cleared it but um you know it just when we we carve it we didn't we really just didn't give it the time because I couldn't, because uh, I had to package it mm-hmm. for these guys. So it's got some haze, but it tastes great. Like I, I just love it. And then, yeah, I'm a true German purist would say I don't respect the style, and I wouldn't be able to argue with them um, because I would uh, German would never ever release a hazy Kolsch. <laughs> they would not do that. But is I make it, hazy beers. Is that a rule beers. of thumb? I'm, I'm not it's, German. I don't it's know. It's supposed to be pretty clear. Okay. Um, and I don't filter. Um, I'm Irish. I just drink. Yeah, and, and I'm German, and I drink, and I, I uh, because I make hazy IPAs, I'm cool with haze. Yeah, it's and and it and I really am a, a guy that bases things off of flavors. Like what my hop choices, the amounts I do, what I do with my water chemistry, everything's like off of flavors. You know, at the end of the day, I'll look at the financials, but I'm gonna make the decisions first based off of. What is supposed to taste like? What is supposed to smell like? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what the customer really, you know, if, for a craft brewery, in my opinion, it's gotta be really outstanding. Yeah. And then you know the financials figure that out later. I know I'm, you know, true business guy would do it the other way around, but uh, that's just how I operate. Um, so this guy here, this this is all New York State. Okay. Um, so this is New York State grain. Um, the grain we got from uh, down in Albany. I'm trying to think of the name of the guys. Um, they're great guys, but can't think of the name right now. Uh, and the hops uh, came from a place out in, near Buffalo. All right. So uh, just a... Let's give it a try. 
So I describe it as having like a love, little, you know, it's warmed up a little bit because it's sitting out here, but like a little bit of a lemony, a yeah, little bit of a, a kind bit. of a grassy. It's definitely lighter than what we've been drinking. Yeah, yeah, way lighter. <laughs> yeah, we've gone a complete opposite on a spectrum. But that's, that's all right. That's the deal with Kolsch is it's not supposed to have a lot of flavor. You're supposed to be able to taste the malt. And I can, and yeah. it's good. Yeah. yeah, it's just supposed to have a nice, pleasant malt characteristic, a little bit of a hop characteristic, yep. but not not much. I like it. And that's that's and your everyday drinking, you know, just I want to have a cold one and go cut the grass. Have I can see that. It's yeah. a good one to just knock yeah. back while you do stuff. Yep. All right. I got just a couple more questions and then some listener stuff we get sure. into. Sounds good. I'm running a little long, but no problem with that. So when it comes down to what you've been able to build this place into, do you ever look at it and think of what you're the most proud of? Um, yes, I, I, I do. Uh, and that's the easy one to answer. Um, I'm proud that I've created nine jobs. Um, that's awesome. how many employees I have. Um, that's fantastic. You know, I've got two. I, I'm, a, I'm a brewer, but I also have responsibilities that go outside of just the brewing process. So I have yep. two full-time brewers that's all they do you know anything related to the brewing process uh, whether it be lab work um, but you know they're, they're focused on the brewery awesome um, and then uh, I've got a full-time sales guy and then another guy who does probably about 30 hours a week and then um, everybody else is front of the house and um, I've got a fantastic taproom manager and every one of my bartenders I'm very proud to say that they work for Tissler Brew Works and and there were times where I had some um, bartending staff early on that, you know, they were great people, but may may not have been the best fit. Mm-hmm. For their personalities weren't the best fit for being a bartender. Yeah. Because um, they could miss that personal touch at times. I mean, it, it's a special kind of job. Yeah. You don't think about it much when yeah. you're just sitting there drinking a beer. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, so the engineer me, I'm inherently not, I, I can talk, but inherently, like, I'm more thinking and I'm not chatty chatty yep where you want a bartender that can be chatty chatty and like when i work the bar i, I get like a little stressed i'm like shit <laughs> i gotta talk all fucking night and by the end of the night i'm like i'm exhausted like, i just i want to stop talking i don't want to talk to anybody i want to go home and i just want to don't i want to say anything i always say my perfect job's one with no eye contact yeah <laughs> <laughs> is there something you really want to try but you just haven't gotten been or been able to do yet yeah or what's in um, the cards for artisanal uh we want to work with uh I, I can't say the dang name but it's the quebec yeast it's a yeast that ferments uh exceptionally high and fast um you ferment it in the 90s really yeah and some people are making some great ipas of that and that that's of interest and um i at least where i think we're gonna do this first time we're gonna collab with uh rushing duck Oh, okay. We did a collab here, and our turn to go down there. Nice. And where so, Where are they? I know of them. I just they're down uh, Orange County, I think. Okay. I, I honestly, I, I, you know, I have so, their beer, and I, somewhere I think south. their beer is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're down towards the city. So I've been, you know, Dan and I have been in contact. Um, so we we've, we've agreed on that concept because he hasn't he hasn't tried it either. All right. And for me, I think a collab, um, it should be about. You know, you're both walking away with something that you learned. Yeah. And it's a valuable experience. And for something like that, like, if it sucks, or if it's like, ah, it's okay, at least you're splitting it. You know, it's like, now you're taking a 10-barrel batch, and now it's only five barrels. And, 
you know, what, you know, should be easier to get rid of it as opposed to if you're stuck with ten barrels of OK beer. <laughs> but you know, of course, we, I've, I, I don't hope. I hope we get a really nice beer. Yeah. Um, I've, I've just never worked with it, so I have no idea what to expect. Uh, but that that is one that um, definitely is is uh, high on the priority list. Awesome. Um, the other one that um, that I'm playing with is uh, Chinook. It's uh, got a lot of uh, terpenoids that are locked up and generally aren't accessible to lending to the fruity flavors. Okay. And um, I, I'm being that you know I just like a challenge. I, I want to figure out how I can can unlock that. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, part of it's driven on the fact that I have a lot of Chinook in stock. Okay. Well, I but guess that part helps. of it is just that I like the fact that it's like that's hard to do. And I'm like, well, if something's hard to do, then I'm going to figure it out. So, and that I actually have stuff going on right now that um, I can't speak about um, in yep, detail. Yep, of course. But um, we've we've started trials, which um, things look really promising. Nice. I haven't worked with a Chinook yet, but I've been just trying my concepts with some other, um, you know, pulling off some beers from our fermenters. And, uh, yes, I'm, I'm kind of excited on some of the things that we're, we're trying. We're awesome. We're moving things in a, in a, you know, just another direction, not another direction, but that continuous improvement direction. Awesome. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are interested in trying those things that you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I might throw them on. Yeah. One was, uh, one I use in a sour, to enhance the the berry flavors all right and that was interesting and it worked but it's different so it took that the uh, blackberry lemon bar sour and um it it made it more like uh if you if you took your brain out of i'm drinking a sour mode and you said i'm drinking a wine mm-hmm. you would think you were drinking like a, a, a um carbonated wine really so it was pretty interesting and now you know for me it's like all right well this is cool this is interesting data so i know that i can 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 mess with with the chemistry and now it's like okay so what do i do with that because i still in the end of the day i don't want to make wine i want to make beer yeah <laughs> but uh you know it's it's got my head uh, spinning we do a fruited wheat beer line um so um one of the ones that we've worked with in the past which has been hard to crack is a, a peach uh the peach puree is very light in flavor it's mm-hmm. a delicate flavor and I wonder if I can uh, revisit that and maybe get more peach flavor out of Interesting. it. Interesting. You know, and, and I'm not about putting in fake shit. You know, I don't I don't do fake flavors. Oh no, yeah, just, absolutely. On occasion, I'll use an extract only because um, it makes it makes complete sense. And I use organic um, extracts. So so what some people don't realize, you know, and this is the chemical engineering. So there's there's flavorings <laughs> and there's extracts. Extracts are there's some guy whose job, and he's an engineer, he's a chemical engineer, dorky guy, glasses probably. And <laughs> what he does is he's like, how am I going to get this flavor and I'm going to put it in an alcohol base so that it's it's the real flavor. It's what you want in your beer. Yep. Um, and the one, I'll give you an example, the blackberry lemon bar. If I mess up and put in too much lemon, it's going to taste like lemon pledge. And people don't want to drink Lemon Pledge. No, they do not. And if I don't do enough, people are going to be like, well, I taste blackberry, but I don't taste lemon. So mm-hmm. that would be an instance where, in my brewing philosophy, I'm going to, I know that I'm gonna, I put in a shit ton of blackberry puree. 
and then I taste it. You know, this is when I first made it. I taste it, and then I start with, with a small sample. I put more and more uh, uh, lemon um, extract in. It's pure lemon oil. Like it, that's what's giving you the flavor. I taste it, and I make sure that I go, "Holy shit!" If I had done that, I would have had lemon pledge, and I would have sucked. Oh man! And I'd throw out 310 gallons, and you know, you're talking many, many thousands of dollars a waste yeah. of product. So there's instances, and that's one of, and I don't you do it a ton, you know. So we're working with some, some, uh, some things here on the chemistry side um, that can help us with some hops that have lots of potential, but as uh, the most brewers can't can't get flavors out of. Mm-hmm. Part of this process, what I'm looking at doing is, uh, you know, sometimes, um, and I, I don't want to go in the details because I, I don't want to. I've I've got lots of hours of, uh, I should say tons of hours and time and money invested in, uh, in making mistakes and, and I'm trying to get out, get out of, uh, making those hop heart, the really harsh hoppy beers. Have you ever had like a beer that's fresh from the can and it's like super bitey? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like super stringent. Yep. And I think I know how not to do that. Like I, I know how to do that with my process, Yep. but I know why that happens and again, I'm not going to tell why that happens because then I'd be <laughs> giving away a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But um, I think I can do what most brewers do, but then not get that, that hop insurgency. So those are some of the things that I think are challenging because, you know, there's things that you want to do in a brewery for financial um, reasons, you know, but then can have impacts uh, downstream that cause off flavors or harshness. Of course. And, uh, you know, I'm... I, yeah, that's where the, there's the engineer in me. You're never going to take it out of me. Um, I'm always looking to try and make things better and uh, always natural. Uh, I don't, I don't do fake shit. That's good. That, yeah. That's awesome. Never, to know. we don't do fake shit. We're artisanal. There, that's yeah. the, that's the tagline. It should be on the sign. Yeah. We don't do fake shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, so here, by the way, in case I, I wanted to make sure this came up at some point. Um, so a uh, former employee of mine had, that said, you know, it's kind of myth that I didn't have a, uh, a mission statement. And I, I didn't think I really need a mission statement. I thought it was pretty obvious, but I, I did think about it. And I'm like, all right, I have a mission statement. So, and I share it with my staff, and I'll share it with you. You're all the right. first person outside of my staff to I know like the, Oh, fantastic. Again, the special privileges that... Yeah. So the mission statement is to make world-class beer using the resources we have and not be douchebags. I like it. I like <laughs> it a lot. It's just simple. Yeah, That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Make a top-notch product. Yeah. yeah. And all yeah. of these beers that we've tasted have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we could probably do a quite a bit longer, so maybe we'll have to schedule like a uh, second no episode. Worries. But let's yeah. wrap up with some listener questions. Yeah, some of these, some of these Bring are kind, Bring Some of on. these are kind of hilarious. And honestly, this first one seems like more of a taunt than a question, I'll but I it. thought it would be fun to throw it in. Yeah, sure. Sam Pagano, brewer uh, at CA. Uh, Yo, Sammer. I can see this. Yeah, it's a smile on your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brewer for CH Evans at the Albany Pump yeah, Station. He of likes course. to bust my balls and I bust him back. <laughs> on Facebook goes, ask them how many hot dogs they think their sales rep can eat in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming uh, he's referring to Daniel yeah, Dan, Kravitz, Dan Kravitz yeah. who's not really a sales yeah. rep, right? Oh, uh, he, he yeah, rep? he is. He's okay. my. He's a, he's like he handle he manages all my sales. <laughs> Um, and he's outstanding. Um, he responded on Facebook saying he's not a sales rep and left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he. So Dan is 
got extensive um, background in the craft brewing industry, both from working uh, for other craft brewery, brewery mm-hmm. um, to being a manager of uh, probably one of the best uh, beer bars that was in Schenectady. Oh, shit, it's closed. And, uh, you know, he has just a tremendous amount of knowledge, and he's been a great asset to the whole brewery. But if you had to ask me, I don't know. I mean, Dan's, you know, he's uh, he's he's not um, he's not a small guy. Um, so I think he could probably put down a few. Um, I think I'd probably top out at like three or four hot dogs max, but honestly. The thing with Dan is like he's got a really developed palate. And I think Dan would say, I'm not going to eat that many hot dogs because they're disgusting. And, the, and I think that's what he would do. And this question came up because there was a hot dog eating contest yeah, yeah, amongst yeah, local yeah, brewers yeah, and yeah, brewery yeah, people, which yeah. I believe Sam won. Yes, so. he did. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get invited, so we didn't go. But um, uh, yeah. Yeah. But my congrats to to Sam. You know, well done. You know, you, you did well. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I know I wouldn't have wanted to eat the hot dogs. It's too many hot dogs. Yeah, I don't know what the, I don't know yeah. how many he ate. You save the buns for last and dip them in water. I know that <laughs> trick. I've seen that skinny guy that's got the world record. Oh, uh, yeah, whatever. Something starts with a K. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. uh, uh, Chris Anderson on Facebook asks asks, and I'm not sure why. Why is Adam and I can't pronounce his last name Elperich so handsome? And I believe Adam is evidently the brewer at Mad Jack Brewing in Schenectady. Yeah, yeah. So Adam, Ad, I we uh, we hired Adam. We had a little change in staff, and uh, you know I'd known Adam from as I know a lot of the breweries in the area and, and their brewers and you know Mad, we Jack, were, Mad Jack's good. I like Mad yeah, Jack. Yeah. At the Van Dyke in Schenectady. And uh, you know it was an opportunity where Adam wanted to make some some of the crazier beers that we do, you know, like an acai bowl mm-hmm. or you know some of these crazy um, IPAs. Um, so we chatted with him. We said, "Hey, we've got this opportunity when you're interested in coming up." And we talked and and it's it's really been a great great fit for us. Um, you know, he's got He's got a demeanor, you know, manufacturing doesn't always work out according to plan. And if something doesn't work out right, he's like, yep, all right, well, what are we going to do? And we just figure out what's the plan going forward with what we are dealing with now, you know? Yeah. And that's really nice. Um, awesome. It, it, it really makes it a pleasure to 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 come to work and, and know that if something doesn't go according to plan, we're going to figure it out, and we're not going to get mad. We're not going to throw tantrums. We're just going to get it done. Yeah. So he's he's been really, you know, I, I, every employee, I could tell you five minutes about every employee, um, and Adam included, and Dan included. Uh, they're, they're awesome. It's awesome to have a yeah. close-knit group of people yeah. really behind yeah. the whole operation. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know how much I, I tell my staff this um, – but my intent, and, and it's based off of my experiences growing or living in Saratoga. Um, Allardyce um, is a uh, hardware store. Yep. And if you go into Allardyce um, in your area, chances are you keep you keep on seeing the same place that work there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the core staff, and I've made note of that. And so I've asked their employees, I'm like, you know why do you keep working for Allardyce? And, and the one thing they said, which really struck with me, is you know Wally, being the owner of Wally Allardyce, he I've listens heard, to us. 
And for anyone wondering, that's Colin down by the brewing equipment, just yeah, throwing shit around, yeah. filling and some hitting things, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the things that I do, you know, I, if I was younger, I probably wouldn't be able to re- keep good employees um, because I would have had my ego and my my you know just being stupid, being mm-hmm. being too young. Um, I've made mistakes and I've learned along the way. This as is something that kind of comes with age. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm almost fifty, so <laughs> I'm getting there. So I hope at this point I can start being a little more calm, cool, and collected. And uh, and I really, you know, value a lot what my employees bring to the table. And uh, you know, initially I had to invest in equipment and, and ingredients, and now, at a, as a business, I'm starting to invest in employees. And, yep. You know, a working wage is really nice. It's a great know. way to run a business. Yeah, yes, it is. And uh, and you know, I'm I'm trying to, I'm really modeling what you know. Can I do the things that Wally Allardyce does for his employees to keep his same employees for years and years? You know, yep. I, when I hire somebody, I don't hire somebody thinking, oh, you know, hey, they can do this job. I'm thinking about, is this a person that's going to take me to the day that I retire from here? Mm-hmm. Like that's what I want. I, awesome. I I don't want somebody to just fill a, fill the role, you know, fill kegs or whatever. It's, I'm really thinking long term. Awesome. Yeah. And one last uh, question here to wrap it up. Andrew Flynn on Facebook asks, "Do you have any plans to add permanent food element?" To uh, the we would love to. Brewery. Um, so that one right now is out of my control. Um, for two years, we we could have food trucks on the. The zoning of Saratoga does not allow us to prepare food here, and they had allowed us to have food trucks, and so we did that, and we had the permits. Food uh, trucks are always fun. Food trucks are great. Uh, They're they're kind of a pain, to be honest with you, but at the same time, you know, if if you get the right operator, it's great. Yeah. Um, So the city um, of Saratoga is, uh, as, as most cities is um uh has a political angle to it and um, something changed where they decided that they had to change their interpretation of the zoning as it applied to food at my location and uh you know we went through a bunch of legal stuff and there's still some legal proceedings going on so let me know what i can say but what i can say is that they changed the rules after telling us this is what you can do for two full years Really? And yeah, yeah. And as you can imagine, that's um, I, I just would say disheartening. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's you know it's really really difficult to run a business when you've gone done all the processes and received the approvals from a city, mm-hmm. and then they they turn around and say, oh no, can't do that. Change the rules. And uh, you're, you're like, oh, that was a mistake. Oh, man. Uh, that was not a mistake. You know, you know, you know how many... There, they, uh, to get a permit through the city of Saratoga, you got like four or five or six different um, subsections of the city government that have to sign off on it. Uh. I'm like, you're telling me that those six people made that mistake two years in a row with multiple different uh, food vendors. Like, you know, come on. Now, I, I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. I know what's going on, and and, and you know we're so we're we're we we're playing the um, the game with you know the legal game, um, but you know and there there's there's a lot of things that I could say that I can't about um, future plans. Yep. 
but we a hundred percent want food to be part of our uh, our business. Awesome, and, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Okay, <laughs> and we can always, of course, do another episode <laughs> yeah. once. Yeah. <laughs> Some more stuff comes to fruition, oh, yeah. and you can yeah. talk to him about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm always down for yeah. sampling more stuff, that's for sure. <laughs> so I think that's a good place to wrap up. So, Kurt, thank you very hey, much thank you. for hanging oh, out I with me. I appreciate it, yeah. I like <laughs> drinking beers and talking beer. That's, that's what I do. Awesome. So that's going to do it for this episode of Stories from a Bar. A big thank you to you, Kurt Borchart. Did I say that? You right? nailed it. Awesome. Press. German. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. I appreciate you having out or hanging out, having some beer, sharing some stories. It's been fun. Big thank you to everyone out there for checking out the show. You can find Stories from a Bar on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at StoriesFAB. I'm always looking for new guests, breweries, bar people, for just friends to hang out and drink with to have fun stories. So feel free to contact the show on any of those social media platforms. Also, be sure to check out Artisanal Brew Works on Facebook, Instagram, to keep up on everything they have going on check out their website artisanalbrewworks.com anything else you want to throw in there no i love beer love that. <laughs> you can see all their beers that they have on tap what's for sale and things like that and uh you'll be surprised with the large amount yeah <laughs> and of course you can find the show on itunes podbeam stitcher spotify google play and youtube all the places you would expect to find the show be sure to subscribe more importantly leave a great review it's always appreciated and spread the word so thank you and until next time cheers yeah cheers thanks <laughs>